boy. It's been a week. No shit. That's Supreme Court. Fuck those people. Yeah. My headphones in, I guess, you guys. <laughs> you know, we're not going to talk too much about it, I think, just because, like, all of us, I think it's really overwhelming. I know you and Kelly are working on reactivating faded states. Wait. Welcome, everyone, to Faded Mates. I'm Sarah McLean. I read romance novels and I write them. And I'm Jennifer Prokop, a romance reader and editor. And this week's episode is going to be about romance novels. So sorry for those of you who are really hoping for a big mad episode. We just don't. We're almost we're almost too mad, <laughs> right? Too mad to get real mad. Um, to perform mad. Yeah. <laughs> but those of you who are new to the new to the show, um, we. In, during the election uh, in 2020, we did uh, a bunch of phone banking. We pulled you guys together to phone bank, to write postcards, to be active. Um, that is called Faded States. And um, there will be much more information about how we're going to get involved this year to protect reproductive rights in America and lots of other things, too. Well, yeah, because one of the things that we are, I think everybody's seeing right now is like, you know, it just feels like you're fighting on every front. But feeling like you're fighting on every front is really exhausting and overwhelming. So you have to pick a front that you feel like you can fight on. So, you know, to all of you doing like big and little things. And so we are going to be um, talking about some of those over the next couple weeks. We're going to be talking about schools and libraries and book bans. We're going to be talking about reproductive rights. Um, so, you know, you don't have to do it all, but do something because it's going to make you feel better and it's going to make you feel like not all is lost, right? Right. Everybody pulling on a different thread ultimately unravels the whole thing. That is the tweet that I saw that um, I will link to in show notes that gives me a lot of hope. Right. So I, what I spent much of the week just fighting the dress code in my daughter's school so you know yeah you do what you can you do what you can and those are those you know every victory is a victory so we don't want you to think we we aren't impacted by it or we don't care about it we do but we also felt like one really radical act of self-care and sarah and i've talked about this offline over and over again is like should we even be doing a romance novel podcast when everything is on fire? And you know what? Like, yes, because we deserve joy and happiness. And to think about things we love, too, that's what keeps you going. You cannot just, like, be down all the time. So we are going to have a regular interstitial <laughs> with regular to- a regular topic that we love that we just want you to-, to remember that, right? Like, there's nothing frivolous about love. There is nothing untoward about thinking about things that bring you great joy even in times of great crisis. Right. There is a par- a page going up on the website this week. I believe it will be at fadedmates.net slash faded states. And that will have links to all of the old episodes we've done where we have been big mad, where we continue to be big mad. So that'll have the bodily autonomy episode, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg episode, the Elda Minger episode. Some We're putting some episodes in there that we think are important for right now that will really give you not only joy for talking about romance novels and listening to people talk about how romance novels have impacted them and been important and powerful change makers in their lives, but also um, will give you resources and tools and uh, just a place to hear two people you hopefully like being mad. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, and also to remind us all, right? Like, yeah, romance brings us joy, but romance does a lot of work. Right. Yeah. And these are ex- episodes where we really dive into like, hey, what is some of the work that's being done here? I had this like great thought this week about the silver lining of all of this, which, you know, as you know, Jen will Jen will tell you we are, you know, I'm always like, well, what's the silver lining? <laughs> and I'm like, it makes it makes Jen a little crazy. It's OK. We <laughs> the grumpy one in the sunshine one. Right. That's right. That's who we are right now more than ever. Right. <laughs> 
So, but I was thinking about this because what I was thinking about is how you and I have talked so much on the podcast and off about how somehow in the wake of the election and Trump and everything, a pandemic, it felt like romance's response was softness, which is what a lot of people want out of their books right now. Um, And it's not what you and I have wanted over the last couple of years, but we are two people and romance Romance is is vast, right. So, um, but... I had this moment where I was like, oh, something's going to happen big in romance mm, if yeah. Roe gets, you yeah. know, if we, if what happens with Roe is repealing. Yeah. And, um, and I think it is going to be kind of impossible for romance to stay super soft. Yeah, um, that's interesting. In the wake yeah. of this. Because I think that that's how, when we talk about, like, the birth of the genre, the kind of early days of the modern genre, it was on the backs of, right. you know, the Equal Rights Act, the, um, you know, the, the Roe in yeah. 1973. I mean, like, all the discussion about Roe, the protesting about Roe, um, about, you know, bodily autonomy in general and women in general. So I, for one... I'm eager to see how romance does the work yeah. in this, in what's to come. I've and you're we're already starting to see it. Jo- uh, Joanna Shoup had that great thread about oh, how yeah, the Gilded amazing. Age mm-hmm. um, reflects like the way that the world is right now, and how we have to look back and and learn from the Gilded Age. And I think a lot of us in historicals are thinking about like. Yeah. How are we going to talk about tinctures and tonics in the next? I think you're going to see the return of tinctures and tonics in romance, yeah. in historicals. Yeah. Well, I'm for it. I'm for it. But yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's been a really hard week, I think, for a lot of us. And, you know, I would just like to remind everybody that, um, you know, you can, there's lots of ways in which the state you live in is going to determine how you feel, right? But mm-hmm. we, as people who care about this, can try and be in it together. And I think that's what's important. And I think that you can always trust Theta Mates to, we will do everything we can to amplify important stuff. Right now, there is a an auction. If you are an author or somebody who has a service to provide or um, a product to provide, there is an auction being run by the Meet Cute Bookshop people um, to raise money for abortion activism and and real people who need real abortions on the ground. Um, we will put links to that in show notes. There will be a Faded Mates item in that auction. Um, you can bid on a show. And uh, let's just get things done. Yeah. All right. All right. And some of the things we should get done are celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sarah. All right. You love this. You <sighs> absolutely love I mean, this trope. I mean, I do. The too. number of times we have been alone, and Jen has been like, "Oh, you love a paparazzo <laughs> so much." Gosh, I really do, and I figured out why. All right, so I want to um, talk about why. There is a big button, and I have a lot of things to say. I have a long list of things. Cue me, like rolling out my list across the house. I love it. Here's my thing. I think Judith McNaught is the mm. reason why I love a celebrity romance. Okay, I think um, I read Perfect when I was. Very young and impressionable. Me too. And I have said many times, publicly and privately, that I think Perfect has, like, one of the greatest low moments in romance ever written. Like, any time I get to my, what, my, like, end of the book breakup, I'm, like, (laughs) channeling Zach and Julie. (laughs) Um, Because it is dark now that is moment. this a book you reread yes okay but here's the thing if you all are coming to perfect now so the premise of perfect I, i'm trying to think about like sorting out the the arc of this episode and it's just gonna be like word salad so it's fine sure okay the premise of perfect is this the hero is like the greatest the biggest movie star there is so he's like I don't know, a Hemsworth, like sure. Chris Hemsworth or like... Chris Pine, maybe, yeah. Chris, one of the Chris's. He's a Chris. But a good Chris, not, not a bad that Chris. Not that bad Chris, not but the, the other bad Chris's. Chris. Um, so, okay, and he's... Oh, Chris Pine is just better and better oh, with God, age. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he wears all that white linen, and I'm like, I would totally join that cult. I don't know where it is, but sure. where do I sign? <laughs> 
I mean, anyway, who is the Kristen Crazy Rich Asians? Is it Chris Pang? Is that his name? Okay, I don't wait. know because I would just like to replace. Is that a Chris too? I would like to replace the bad Chris. Petition to replace I, the pe- bad official Chris. petition. I think this is not just me. I think everybody. I'm so moved. Just double check. <laughs> Um, because that, mm-hmm. yeah, that's okay. Let's do it. All right, I'm gonna um, make sure I'm getting his name right because if you're petitioning, it needs to be yeah, it's, uh, okay. Chris, yes, Chris Pang. He should clearly right. be replacing the bad Chris. Fine. He's the new so Chris we're, and the Chris. There's the four Chris's are Pine, Hemsworth, Evans, and Pang. Done. <laughs> I don't know who. I don't. What other? What there other? Are no Chris other Chris's. Anyway, fine. so point is, he's a Chris. And he's a Chris who's married to another, to like an actress, um, and they are on a movie set, and he fires a gun and kills. The gun has been loaded with real bullets. Oh. And so, and their marriage is, uh, is uh, their marriage is, is on the rocks. It's rocky, and everybody knew it, and so he is... Um, indicted and then convicted of murdering Murder. his wife, right? Mm-hmm. I I am slightly embarrassed to say that when that tragedy happened with Alec Baldwin, you were the like perfect. first thing that came to my mind was like, oh my God, it's a Judith McNaught novel. <laughs> it's not appropriate, but it did come to my mind, so I'm just going to say it. Thought, and if it came to any of yours, I'm just going to say we're all on the same page. As I well. just thought the same thing. I literally, I was like, oh yeah, like that Alec Baldwin thing. Exactly. It's not at all the same. One is real life and one is not, but whatever. Anyway, moving forward. So he is the instrument of his wife's death. Um, He is convicted and sent to prison in Texas, which is terrible. But because he's a movie star, the warden is like, oh, I like to make this prisoner, like, do my bidding and, like, be my man, man. Of arms. Right. I don't know. Just a power flex, right? Like, I'm just going to Yeah, flex. like, he's like, yeah, exactly. Like, so um, so that's happening. And then simultaneously, this is one of those old McNaughts, right? Where there's quite literally 120 pages of, like, two people living completely separate lives. Yes. Simultaneously, Julie, um, we meet Julie, the heroine who is adopted and can't read and she's young and she has to learn how to read and um and then she grows up and now she's a teacher and she has these like big burly brothers and she's driving through some part of texas where it snows i don't know i'm not from texas but some part of texas where it snows and um there's a snowstorm and (laughs) she stops at a rest stop to like get food or whatever and Zach has escaped on one of his outings as, like, the warden's driver. Yeah. And he kidnaps her at a rest stop. What else would you do? Puts her into her Jeep Grand Cherokee or whatever they are in and drives her into mountains somewhere where there is also, like, to Colorado or somewhere. I don't understand the, like, I don't understand, honestly, the geography here, and I don't care. (laughs) Um, But... To the cabin, the mountain cabin owned by the couple from Paradise who are already together and living happily, right? So he's, like, in their mountain retreat, and they, like, he's kidnapped her to there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, you're a movie star who, like, my brothers were obsessed with, but you're also a killer, and of course, he's not a killer. He didn't do it on purpose. Right. And so they fall in love in this like forced proximity snowed in. I mean, it has every <laughs> single it's celebrities, kidnapping, trope, like forced proximity snowed in. And then like helicopters are flying all around and he's going to get caught. And there's like a whole thing. And then he gets caught and he goes back to prison. But like everybody's working at this point to try to get him exonerated because like there's the bad guy from wherever. It doesn't matter. It's not important. (laughs) It's just bananas. And it's such a big, huge book. Yeah. 
And then there's like a whole thing where he's, he like is trying to escape, like he's trying to get out of the country and he's like, meet me and we'll get out of the country together. And she, and then like he gets caught in the airport, like waiting for the jet. It's like a whole thing, very emotional. He thinks she's betrayed her. It's like the worst dark moment. And I'm not going to give it all away because it's so emotionally like devastating. But also the whole time he's like, a big movie star. Movie star. <laughs> and so she's like, you know, yeah. Like he's, yes, he's possibly a killer, but he's also Chris Hemsworth, right? Like, so <laughs> yes. it's like, it's fine. I mean, I can understand Julie's concerns here. And also why Julie's like, all right, well, we're in this, you know. Might as well hit that. Anyway, look, there's a lot to say. I really would love to do a deep dive on this book because it's so insane and I love it so, so much. And also for the, for for fun, I'll just add that um, this is the book that Judith McNaught was so big at this point that she um, convinced her publisher, she was able to convince her publisher to like make a massive donation with the proceeds to this book, of this book, um, to a National Literacy Foundation for Adult Literacy. And this book went out with a postcard inside the original editions to encourage readers to volunteer with their local adult literacy organizations to help teach Adults women at yeah. this point to read wow. with data with like really remarkable um pieces of data on it like uh percentages of you know adult for adult literacy in in America and to really just like encourage readers to help other people and i think there's something really powerful about that i think particularly like right now today as yes. i'm telling this story i'm like oh look like we do stand on the shoulders of activism in in romance books in right. all different ways yeah. um i actually fun fact have an original people magazine ad for this book that has all this information in it i'll try to find it and take a picture um and if it if i found it we'll it's put in it show notes. notes perfect or it's showing right now anyway so that was perfect so perfect installed my buttons right it sure did um because there's also this whole piece where, like, you know, they're watching a bunch of movies. Like, she's super into Kevin Costner or something. Of course. And, like, he's like, Kevin Costner is not as hot. Like, <laughs> I love and it. And then he's, like, complaining about all of Kevin Costner's roles. Like, it's very funny. That's and amazing. I really like, like, I like that. Like, I yeah. like the, I like the... Here's what I like. I think movie stars, for me, in romance, are the same as, like, the Duke, the billionaire, the vampire king, the, like, untouchable, powerful person who, like, a normal person, a normal right. girl. Can't even. Right. Could never dream of getting. And I love a normal girl could never dream of getting him and gets him anyway. Yeah. Sorry. I love those, too. I think... So it's really interesting because we were talking about, like, what books we would want to do. And, you know, like, I, I found myself thinking a lot about, like, what does celebrity, like, even mean? Yeah. And it's funny because to me, the same thing. I really tried to – I ended up going with, like, movie stars and one rock star. Well, but, right, because I did – did we talk about this? Like, I really isolated it to movie stars because – yeah. I feel like rock stars are a different thing and sports figures are a different well, thing. Well, and that's why I was kind of like sports figures because I was like, well, like LeBron James is a celebrity at this point, sure. right? I mean, and in 2022, it does feel that way. Like right. Harry Styles is like. Harry Styles. Just is bigger than a Chris. Is going on tour, by the way, everybody. And I'm I signed up it. for the American Express early tickets. So, I, and I signed up for them in Chicago, too, because I was like, where am I going to go? So, yes. cross fingers. Yeah, I really want to go see Harry Styles. I'm fine with it. So, yeah, I was kind of like some, you know, but it was funny because I did sort of stop at sports stars because I was like, well, we've done sports romance and it feels a little bit like it's different because so I you know it was kind of the same thing and then we even talked about like historicals and I was like even in historicals when someone's an actor it's mm -hmm. not really like celebrity as an idea does seem to be really rooted in something modern it's very modern right even though it's not modern at it's all. not yeah. modern at all but i think the way one of i think part of the reason why is because like i was like okay what is this trope 
what does this trope have to have to kind of work? And it's like the paparazzi, the threat of discovery, this idea of like keeping a secret about what's real versus what you get to show to the world. And so even though, so I feel like the modernity of this celebrity as an idea is often really tied up with fame. And fame just lands differently, I think, now in a time when, you know, you're out getting a cup of coffee and someone can take a picture of you and put it on their Instagram Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I was in a coffee shop with famous person or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I do think that there's a way in which celebrity and fame is kind of two sides of the same coin, but good celebrity romances are always unpacking fame. Yes. And I think what's interesting is for me, the movie star romance yeah. doesn't connect to the rock star and the sports figure romance the way it connects to, like, the prince romance. Mm. Like, there's that kind of, like, superstardom that surely could could be in a rock star romance, but, like, I think rock star and sports romances are closer together than yeah. movie star romances are. Yeah. And I think that that's because, particularly in America, mm-hmm. right? Like our our royals are like yeah, from were for many years our Hollywood, like the stars of Hollywood, absolutely. But what's interesting is when you start to really like get to the bottom of rec- of recommending celebrity yeah. romances, there aren't that many. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Avon Books, publisher of How to Be a Wallflower by Eloisa James. Listen, I really think this is such a cute idea. The concept of this series is Eloisa decided she wanted to write wallflowers who, like, chose wallflowerdom instead of the traditional trope of wallflowers who, like, wish they weren't wallflowers. Being thrust upon you. I mean, I really think this is incredibly charming. So our heroine, Cleopatra Lewis, is about to be launched into society by her aristocratic grandfather, and she's exceptionally rich and very beautiful, and she has absolutely no intention of getting married for, you know, romance reasons. And so what she decides she's going to do is she's going to go to this costume emporium and she's going to order a bunch of, like, unflattering dresses and turn herself into, like, an absolute, like, unlovable <laughs> a dowd on the corner <laughs> of the room, right? Um, what she doesn't expect is to meet this, like, hot, rugged American whose name is Jacob Astor Addison. So, like— amazing extremely rich, this guy, who's, like, there because he owns a bunch of theaters in America and he wants to buy an emerald and, like, whatever. And he's annoyed because he meets this woman who is, you know, just trouble. And so they strike a bargain. Everybody knows I love a bargain. And they have to dress each other. Like, she's going to make him into, like, a perfect dandy and he's going to make her into a perfect wallflower. And, of course... I love it. Fall in love. I also really love a Regency with an American. So I think this is also super fun. Me too. Um, Yeah, I think this will be great. And of course, they start out as friends, but when they discover that maybe there's something more there, what's going to happen next? You can find out by reading How to Be a Wallflower by Eloisa James. You can check out more about Eloisa at her website, eloisajames.com, or follow her on Instagram, Eloisa James Books. Thanks to Avon for sponsoring the episode. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of them and there are a lot of everything, but there aren't, like, a huge number that are immediately touchable. And so I think that there's something to this idea early days. We've heard it from people over and over again, like, you couldn't write movie stars. Like, they were the thing you couldn't write. Like, no one would believe it, essentially, maybe. Yeah. One we've talked about this a lot. One of my like kind of go to like how am I gonna do this right is I will Google like celebrity romance and then find the Goodreads list and you know there's a Goodreads list with fifty different pages of celebrity romances sure. on them but but they're all mixed in they are all mixed right and so it's like a lot of them are football a lot of them are sports a lot of them are rock stars right it does mean one of the things that I did realize though is like you know we talk a lot about how authors have like a core story. It feels like really interesting to me how many authors I like are kind of drawn, like, right, like Kylie Scott or Kristen Callahan. Mm -hmm. Like once you have like your, you know, your sort of rock star series, like you just see those people show up over and over again on 
on these lists because there's like a way in which they're kind of constantly like exploring that idea of like, what does it mean to be normal? What does it mean to be famous? And it's, so that was also kind of interesting, just how many people like, okay, I'm like, oh yeah, I read that. I read that. I read that. But it wasn't really what I was looking for necessarily. Exactly. Well, because I think it's interesting, like those other books for me. So for me, like I love a paparazzi moment, right? And what I mean by that is I love the moment where the hero and heroine are either the hero is discovered, like, with another woman, Mm -hmm. and there are, like, pictures all over, and, like, the tabloids are like, oh, he's falling in love with this, like, other remarkable person, and, like, ordinary girl has to deal with it, right? Right. Has to, like, come to terms with the fact that, like, she is... She is beautiful yeah. and loved and, like, you know, she is all the things that a romance heroine should be. And she, and he loves her for all of those things, right? Right. I love that moment. As an ordinary girl myself, I love that moment. Um, I also love the moment where, like, the they're kissing or whatever and, like, the paparazzi take pictures. Yes. And then those pictures get everywhere. And the friend texts her and is like, you're everywhere. You're on Paris. <laughs> yes, you're right. on Paris Hilton. Like, ah. Oh the best. Well, so let me talk let me talk about a rock star one that I think I picked even though it was rock star which is fake by Kylie Scott. This is not part of the my all-time favorite the stage dive series, although it is in the stage dive universe because the um it's about an actor. I mean, so I guess he really isn't a rock star. He's an actor, but it's related to the stage dive universe because he essentially is photographed coming out of. Okay, if you remember in Lead, there's this Hollywood starlet named Liv that Jimmy is kind of dating. Well, she mm. appears again in this book. She's married, but she and her husband are on a break, and she and her, she and Patrick essentially have a one night stand. He, they were friends, and he like was kind of like, "Well, your marriage is over. Maybe this is my chance." And gets caught walking out of her house the next morning, and instead of it, and like the press goes nuts, like he's caught cheating and he's been <gasps> cheating. All right, so it's like this big paparazzi explosion, right? And so in order to kind of like fix his reputation he asks this waitress named Nora he has like an Italian restaurant he frequents like maybe once a month he shows up he's friends with the owner or something and he asks Nora essentially like I need a like a normal girlfriend to kind of you know fix my image in Hollywood and so you know he basically hires her to like come live in his house be his girlfriend and you know she's gonna have to lie to everybody because she can't tell anyone the truth once they know the secret would be out but um it really plays into a lot of the celebrity stereotypes and tropes but the one part I really loved is there's part where they have to be part of a photo shoot so they both have on like designer formal wear and they're like in a pool like, you know, like, only in celebrities, yeah. you're like, why are Perfect. you dressed up in thousands of fucking dollars worth of clothes, <laughs> and now you just ruin them by getting in the pool? And so I really loved – one of the ways I thought this, like, was really smart about playing around with all that was, you know, that it it had those scenes where you're like, what do celebrities think when they're in the pool in their tuxedo or whatever? Mm-hmm. But I also yeah. – Yeah. So it was great. I really loved it. It's maybe a year old, and I – had had it on my Kindle and was like, oh, I should read this. I love Kylie Scott and it's great. Yeah. Well, Kylie's great. I mean, she just is. She knows she knows what we want. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I think that there is also there is a piece of um piece of these books that I really love is like the normal C piece, meaning like mm-hmm. all the hero and it's often the hero for me, like my own personal itch is scratched when the hero is the, like, giant celebrity and the heroine is just, like, a normal person. But what I love about many of these books is this moment, the, like, moment of longing that the hero has for, like, just being normal. Yeah. Just being, like, not not the, like, super celebrity that they have become. And um, all of the ones on my list, with the exception of Perfect, which is, you know, not about that because it's about <laughs> did you kill your husband, your wife, um, are kind of about that kind of balance between in order for a move a person who becomes a movie star to be to achieve like the highest level in their career, like they have to give up their normal life. And 
And that is a choice for the person who falls for them, which is why I think there are so many, so few celebrities who are married to like ordinary people. Sure. Um, Because why would you choose this for yourself if, you know, if you had a choice, like this is what I've always said, like everybody wants to be a princess, but I would never. Yeah. I would never want that for myself. It just means, um, I, there's this thing I say to the kids, all, like, there's a point, right? It just means living in a smelly old castle and marrying your dad's friends. It's not so great. <laughs> <laughs> marrying your dad's friends. I mean, that sounds um, kind of awful, right? So, like, here's one that's coming soon, which is Scandalized by Ivy Owens, which is coming at the end of August. Unfortunately, you guys, you have a little bit of time to wait. But um, this one is a one-night stand between – so this is childhood friends who knew each other. He is um, the brother of her childhood best friend, who she is no longer really – Yeah, they moved away when she was, 12 or 13, right? And so – but he is, like – a huge star of like K of a, a K drama, um, but she doesn't. When when she finally when she sees him in an airport, she sees that like people are kind of like aware of who he is, but she doesn't put together who he is. Like she doesn't realize that he's famous, like a, an international mega star, <laughs> and he kind of realizes that she doesn't know it and she doesn't realize it about him and so like he he steals her in a lot of ways like it's those stolen moments of normalcy right and um like um so that's coming in august and then my friend louisa edwards wrote a novella in the naughty brits anthology that i was in last summer um or two summers ago i guess called i love that one not a bad boy (laughs) which is basically like tom hardy sarah McLean fanfic. <laughs> Thank you, Louisa. I love you for that. Um, it's not available digitally right now, but I think it will be soon. But if you can get a copy of the print copy of, of Naughty Brits, or if you have it, this is one of the stories in Naughty Brits. Um, and it's basically like they meet at a dog run and she knows who he is, but like, it's just that it's out of time because yeah, you're, like, just with your dog, He's right? just there with his dog. And it's, like, this very sweet romance where then, like, he woos her by getting her, like, special access to, like, the British Library collection. Like, it's... I know. I mean, so it is purely, like, my dream. And she's, like, she's, she's plus-sized and, like, a little uncomfortable with her body, which I totally get and love. And he's, like, a megastar and just... Yeah just gone for her from the jump. Um, And that's what I want. That's, like, that's the dream, right? The dream is you meet Tom Hardy in the dog run, and he's like, (laughs) it's always been you. Sure. And these dogs. (laughs) I mean, yeah. It's terrific. It's great. (laughs) I mean, look, I feel like everyone's read the Lucy Parker London Mm -hmm. Celebrity Series. Which is a theater book. It's about theater, right? And I, and I, but, so I wanted to talk about Act Like It, which is my favorite. It's her debut in the first one, which is when, um, Lainey at Graham and Richard, like, is sort of younger, a younger actress on this, in sort of the stage production. And Richard, I can't remember his last name, is, you know, kind of older, but he is this, like, really amazing actor who's kind of been around for a long time. And he just, like, steals her thunder, everybody's thunder. He, like, kind of appears on page and every eye goes to him. His stage presence is so magnetic. And kind of they get talked into essentially fake dating for the good of the production. This is a series that lots and lots of people love. And later books in the series deal with, like, makeup artists. And, you know, I mean, it kind of, like, in that whole, like, West End London theater kind of world. The one thing I wanted to say about this, though, this is like a bit of a digression. I went to look for this book. Often I do the research like on my laptop, right? Like I'm looking on Amazon and it said like you could buy this book for $6.99. And I was like, wait, I know I own this book. I know I do. But then I was like, well, maybe I bought it in an anthology. I think for a while you could get like a couple of the books packaged together. Mm-hmm. So I looked in my content and devices and sure enough, I have an earlier copy of the book 
at some point it was reissued by Karina with a new cover and it was assigned a new AISN number. So the old book essentially is no longer for sale and the new book, it looks like I would have to rebuy. But you don't, everybody. You just have to go to your content and devices, look up, in this case, Parker, right? And then like there's the book and you can just make sure, you know, deliver it to your Kindle again or re-deliver it. So, you know, one of the things is as our Kindle libraries become bigger and bigger and years and years older, when books get republished, sometimes there's this weird bobble. And you just, if you're like, wait, I know I have this book, please check your orders or your content and devices before you go rebuying it because you already have that book somewhere. You can trust yourself. So, Mm -hmm. um, Anyway, this is a great, I know it's like a small digression, but um, it's a great book. It's a great series if you haven't read it. Um, but I really also loved the whole thing about, you know, he's kind of, you know, I can't believe I'm dating this younger woman. And, you know, there's a lot of like sort of he's this master actor and she's kind of new on the scene and she's a little bit intimidated by him. So, you know, like power dynamics of this within their jobs or that she is kind of like, oh, what is going on? It's a terrific. I, I really love this book. A lot of folks do. Well, you know what? That power dynamic between two actors can be really tricky. Yeah. And another book that handles that so, so perfectly is Alexa Staria's You Have Me at Ola, um, which we've done it, which we love so much here. We've done a deep dive episode on it. So I don't want to spend too, too much time on it, but um, that's, they're on this like Netflix telenovela. She is a younger actress who's like just getting her break. He's been around for years and years as like a telenovela like superstar. Her right. mom thinks he's like the dreamiest thing ever. Like it's really yeah. fun and fabulous. And he and I really like both those books because it sets the hero just slightly back on his heels. Because of the power dynamic and obviously everything that we know about Hollywood and movie sets and everything, like, that can be tricky. But in both of these situations, like, the hero, the heroine is able to, like, pull the rug out from under the hero in a really deft piece of writing. Yes. And I think that is one of the things that we don't talk about enough when we're talking about these, like, sticky tropes that we fell in love with when we were young. But, like, the writing in a lot of these tropes has to be yeah. really superior because – it puts, particularly when the the established star or the movie star, um, if if it's like a movie star and a normal person, um, are in the relationship, it really does like the power dynamic is completely off. Yeah. At the start, absolutely right. Right, and well, which and is another reason one, why that perfect one where he's like both a movie star and also on the run, like right, <laughs> you're like it's perfect. <laughs> It is perfect. Okay. I want to talk about one that is also about a movie star and a makeup artist, but it's called I Kissed a Girl by Jeanette Alexander. This is a new adult romance um, that's kissing only. Like this is a if you're if you're looking for like a great starter romance for like someone younger in your life who's like transitioning out of YA or just like you just want to read something really sweet, but also like a little like prickly. This book is takes place with um two women who are one, okay, a working on a horror movie, like a low-budget horror movie. And I also nice. really love these books that are kind of like aspirational Hollywood, right? Yep. Like not all Hollywood movies are with superstars, right? So a lot of movies are, you know, you're just like, I'm just trying to scrabble my way into this into this mm-hmm. whole field, right? And I think this, this book really captures like that. So these two women, um, Lila Silver is sort of going to, is going to, she has her first leading role in this horror movie called Scaradactyl, which is great. (laughs) And she grew up in Charlevoix, Michigan, which is a tiny little town way up in northern Michigan, not all the way to the um, Upper Peninsula, but like a little town up there. And, you know, it's funny. I've been up there because my uncle has a house nearby. And it's like I, I kind of have thought, like, what do people in these towns do when it's not the summer and it's not like a bunch of people there. Right. Well, she was like Miss Teen Michigan and she's, you know, this pretty, you know, kind of beautiful girl, but she's also bisexual and it's not really a coming out story exactly because she knows who she is, but it's kind of like, how do I 
show who I am to the world, right? So she has, like, a little bisexual, like, flag, like, bracelet that she's, like, a little, like, can I wear it? She's had trouble, like, finding a community in L.A. now that she's there. But this is going to be a big role for her because it's her first time being the final girl. And if you – I don't read a lot of horror, but in horror movies, the final girl is literally, like, a trope. Like, horror people know what I'm talking about, which is, like, the last woman standing, essentially, right, before Mm -hmm. the murderer comes to get you. And she's really attracted to the makeup artist whose name is Noah Birnbaum. And Noah is really interesting because she is essentially about to finish college. She knows she wants to do makeup and special effects in the movies – But you have to have like 180 hours of a union job before you can apply to, you know, Mm -hmm. be part of like whatever. And so she essentially has to drop out in her final semester to make this like schlocky, terrible, like low budget horror movie. And one of the things that's really great about this movie or this movie (laughs) – Okay, Scaredactyl. I don't know if it's great or not. One of the things that's great about this book is... I, it sounds great. I know, doesn't it, though? I love it. I just... Clearly, our author loves horror, and I think that really comes through. Like, I found myself reading it thinking, if I loved horror and felt like nobody took it seriously, this book takes it seriously. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Noah is like really comfortable being lesbian, really comfortable in her own skin, has a community, has her, you know, her best friend and roommate. They know where all, like, the cool lesbian things are to do. And poor Lila is, like, they see her as being kind of a lipstick lesbian. Like, they don't really take her, you know, she's too girly. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of the tension is, in is for Noah, is, like, how can I accept that there's lots of different ways to be part of the queer community, right? Anyway, this book is super charming. It's really fun. And I think it's a really great take on the celebrity wannabes. I love yeah. the movies. I love the movies, and I just want to be part of this world. It's great. So listen, I mean, celebrity romance gives me that, like, perfect microdose of vibe. Well done, Sarah. That's (laughs) because our sponsor this week is Lumi Labs, the creators of microdose gummies. Their mission is to really raise awareness around the concept of microdosing, um, which is something you may have heard about before. It's really commonly associated with, like, wellness or sometimes with psychedelics, um, performance enhancement, creativity. And if you want to, you could absolutely just Google that and find out more about it. But what's interesting about these gummies is that they can be shipped around the country um, by mail. We got ours by mail from Lumi. And they are available to people who might want to try microdosing for a creative boost, for uh, pain management or anxiety management, or sleep. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, everyone knows I'm a terrible insomniac, and the past couple nights, I thought I would just give it a shot at bedtime, and I actually have had a great night's sleep for two nights, so. And Eric wanted me to say that he's been taking them this week, and he's really found that they've given him a ton of help with focus. Microdose is available nationwide, and to learn more about microdosing THC, you can either just do a quick search online, or you can go to microdose.com and use the code FATEDMATES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Thanks so much to Lumi Labs for sponsoring the show. So my eyes went wide when you were like, I have an actor makeup artist one, because I also have an actor makeup artist one. So this is not a kisses only book. So this is the opposite. Even it out for us. <laughs> Even it out. <laughs> okay. So my book is Exposed to You, which is a Beth Carey book. Oh, Beth Carey. Yeah. Listen. Listen. This Ooh. lady knows how to get the job done. <laughs> okay. So this book starts with a bang. Um, <laughs> Literally. Uh, no, but close. All right. I want to just content warn this whole book. The heroine get has cancer at the start of this book. Okay. Um, so she has just found out the morning that she has, like, she has received her cancer diagnosis and she is being called in. Her, her uncle is like a special effects artist on a movie lot on like one of the biggest, like basically it's like a underwater superhero movie and he needs her to come in. She's an artist and she needs to do the body paint for, they're doing like the photo shoots for the promotional, like 
ads and stuff for the movie. So he's like, I need you to come in. I need you to pinch hit for me. Like, I'm short on staff. I need you to come do the body paint for, like, this merman who is, like, basically, like, uh, Aquaman, but not because of trademarks. <laughs> sure. so, is it like Jason Momoa? Are we supposed to think that? No, this predates. I mean, like, oh, okay. this book is old. So, okay. like, Jason Momoa oh, was, like, true. just Best a little a baby ago. at this yeah. point. So, um, anyway, this, uh, but, yeah, sure, in your head, sure. <laughs> so, um, he, so she gets there, and he's already wearing, like, a, like, merman mask, like, like, prosthetic over his face so she can't see who he is but he again is like one of the chrises we don't know who he is but you know so she's like she gets in and she has to like full body paint his whole body for this particular thing so and while she's doing it she's like kind of consumed with like obviously her diagnosis and um she's basically like i'm gonna throw caution to the wind here and somehow and believably, she ends up not only giving him full body paint, but also a blowjob. Sure. Listen, <laughs> it's what was called for, Sarah. I'm sure. <laughs> this is chapter one of this book. And you're like, fine. This seems totally reasonable. <laughs> so then, so he's like, oh my God, this is the great. And it's, of course, the greatest blowjob of his life. Obviously. And then, like, she goes off for 14 months to Chicago to get treatment for her cancer cut to like like that goes past goes by in like a couple chapters and he is now in Chicago for the opening of this movie for reasons unknown Lake Michigan is the reason Sarah (laughs) doesn't matter (laughs) doesn't matter so then so there they are in Chicago and she goes to them like she they they meet again, and she didn't realize because he was wearing, like, mm. you know, face thing, mask, that uh, it, basically he was, you know, blowjob guy's worth. And so, and so, and he, but he, of course, sees her and is like, oh, my God, it's her. Like, yeah. oh, my God. And then it just, it's off to the races from there. It's so blazing hot. She obviously, like, is in a, in a real, like, emotional place where, like, she yeah. is, she's very, like, consumed with doubt on a number of levels, like, both because of what she's been through, like, she's had this, like, traumatic health experience, but also she has this level of doubt that is, like, he is the biggest movie star of our time. He is, you know, Aquaman, and I am, like, me. Right. And, look, I'm working through it with my therapist that, like, I am me and he is amazing is, like, obviously a big kink with me and, like... (laughs) It's fine, but, like, it was really – it's a fun, fun book. It has – I mean, it's so sexy, and it has this kind of, like, you know, yeah, this thing that I really like about celebrity romances and also a blowjob in chapter one. For, perfect. And, a, you know, painting a fish man. And it's so weird, but I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love anything where you get to really, like, know all that. The insider stuff is always what I think is really fun for sure. Yeah. I do not know about the Chicago rep, though. I want to oh, flag that for the Chicago in the group. <laughs> Have you read The Stand-In by Lily Chu? No. Okay. Should I? Yeah. So this – okay. So this is, like, one of those books that caught my eye. It has – it's first of all, it started off as an Audible original, and it was narrated by Philippa Sue, who is the original cast of Hamilton, right? Does that name mm-hmm. sounds familiar. Perfect. So you sort Perfect. of see that, and you're kind of like – I mean, I know this is maybe not fair, but I'm like, wow, this book must be great if Philippa Sue was like, yes, I will read this book, right? And um, and so it wasn't even available, I think, as a a book you could read with your eyes until pretty recently. So um, and it has a super, super <laughs> a cute book you could read with your eyes. You know, like in the old-fashioned way, a book you could read with your eyes. It has a really cute cover that I think really illustrates what's going on. So what happens is um our it's all heroin only point of view, and her name is Gracie. And you know, she's starting off, it's like she's in a tough place. She her boss is like sexually harassing her, but not to the point where there's any evidence. So she's just sort of like gotten herself together to go see a lawyer who's like, Well, you need evidence, and there isn't any because this guy's kind of too smart for that. Her mom is suffering from Alzheimer's and is she's kind of solely responsible for 
taking, getting her mom into, you know, she has her in one place, but she would really love to get her into another one. So, you know, she's really carrying a lot of burdens at the beginning of the book. And what happens is she's at her favorite coffee shop and like a paparazzo takes a picture of her, like, and it's like, oh, brand muffins now. And she's like, what in the hell is going on? And she just cannot understand what it is. And so she like kind of runs out and just goes back to her life and, you know, it just cannot, you know, it's like, whatever, it's just this weird thing. Well, she's walking home one day and this luxury SUV pulls up and inside are essentially the two, like China's best known actor and actress. So this is Wei Feng, um, Wei Feng Li as the woman and Sam Yao. And these are like unreally beautiful people right and they're kind of like mm-hmm. get in and she's like what and why it, it, <laughs> like why uh, you know she like takes a few steps back like why would i do this and it turns out that um wei feng um wei feng li is in town in toronto to do a play but she is exhausted and she's supposed to do all this like celebritying stuff and Lily is, or sorry, that's the author. Gracie is like, could be her doppelganger. And so mm. when this f- photographer took the picture, it's because they thought she was Wei Fong Li. Yeah. And so Wei Fong Li is like, I've got a great idea. I would like to hire you to essentially gallivant around town with Sam, this Chris Pang lookalike. This hot dude. Yeah. Right. And, you know, he's just like so gorgeous because I just am too tired to do it. And so um, Gracie is kind of like, no, this is this is not something that happens to real people. But then her terrible boss fires her and she knows she needs the money in case her mom can be moved to a better place. So she agrees to this. And Sam is essentially the one who kind of like ferries her about town, but they have this real enemies to lovers vibe. And it's just, I think, again, it's what I loved about it is Gracie's inner monologue is very much like, I kind of always thought I looked like her, but you know how you never want to admit, you know, that I think I look like this beautiful person and, you know, her proximity to fame then and to like, you know, the clothes and like, you know, there's this really funny part where she's like showing them she's been practicing walking like Wei Fang Li to show, you know, like I I can do it. And they're like, it's all wrong. And it turns out it's because she's doing mirror images. She's like watching videos and then like (laughs) waving with the left hand instead of the right. (laughs) Right? And I just think it's really, really, really clever. Yeah, it's really clever. That's clever. And it's a great, um, one of the things I was thinking about it is it's not fake dating, really, right? She's faking it, but she's impersonating someone else. And so all of the tension between her and Sam is essentially caused by, you know, Wei Fong Lee. And they are kind of like, and, you know, at some point, Sam's like so furious, like at her. Like, because, like, how can they be together yes. if she's not herself? In the public eye. Yes. This is a purely, this is, oh, this is what I mean by conflict, right? Yes. Like, this is the plot driving the conflict in such powerful way because this wouldn't be conflict if it weren't a celebrity. Right. Right? And she has a really good reason for doing it, which is like, I got fired, but my mom needs this care, which is very expensive. And some celebrity wants to, like, give me this money to act like her for a couple months. Great. It's so clever. Yeah. It's really, it's really fun. And it's really really, I think, like I said, it really plays around with the celebrity part in a really interesting way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Sam's like, you know, you shouldn't have done this. And she's like, she came to me. I didn't like follow her and say, hey, guess what? Hire me to (laughs) be impersonate you. So it's also really plays around with that sort of disapproval. And, you know, it was great. It's, it's really great. It's really fun. So that's fun. So I want to talk about the other piece of celebrity romance that I really like, which is the how hard it is to be a celebrity. Yes. Like, which, yeah. I mean, I've sort of touched on with like the paparazzi, but also like the way that you have to hold yourself, and this is sort of similar, right? Where the way you have to hold yourself publicly all the time, like the mm-hmm. the barriers that you have to put up and the the world that you have to build for yourself, um, that isn't really authentic until you find somebody to love. Right, right. Who, who knows you, who loves you, and can see through it all. And for me, I mean, Suzanne Brockman's uh, 
Robin and Jules story arc is for me a lot of that. And so for those of you, we've talked about Suzanne Brockman before on the podcast. Um, Suzanne writes romantic suspense. Uh, She writes, she has a a big, big series about FBI agents and Navy SEALs. Um, And her, the SEAL, the SEAL team is really a Brockman, an an A-plus Brockman creation, right? Um, In romance. And um, for, throughout this particular series, the Troubleshooters series, there is a secondary romance with um, the characters Robin and Jules. Jules is an FBI agent who is gay, and Robin is a movie star. And they meet over the course of, well, they don't meet over the course of the books. They know each other. Robin is, again, like a superstar, like just about to break into, at the beginning, it's like he's just breaking into being like a household name. And um, it comes with, and he's an alcoholic, like there's a lot of, of packed into him as a celebrity, as like a, he's really bearing the brunt of this kind of like high life where he has to be constantly on all the time, where he has to, he's like self-medicating because he Mm -hmm. can't do anything. He can't live a life beyond the public eye if he wants what he wants, which is like to be a movie star, like a big star. And so we see him, the first book that they're, they're in, other troubleshooters book, but their romance is told as a secondary love story in force of nature. Um, And Suzanne has this wonderful story on her website, which we'll link to where she talks about how like she hadn't intended to give them the romance there. She has lot, she had received letters about them and she really wanted to write their book, but she was fighting with her publisher because of, you know, the time. Um, And so she hadn't intended to do it there. She had intended to keep it going for another few books, but there was a, there's a particular moment in a hotel room in this book where like hotel rooms, they just can't, she couldn't keep them apart. And she tells the story online and I'm, I'm not going to do it justice. So I won't, I won't try, but she tells the story on, on her website of like, Basically pulling both the characters aside and being like, look, this isn't your time. And then both being like, fuck off. <laughs> it is our, our time. time. <laughs> um, and then they're fall. it's followed by, so, for, and I actually really love Force of Nature's primary um, romance as well. So it's just a great, fun, if you're a romantic suspense reader or like you don't really read romantic suspense, but you don't know where to start, like Brockman is a really solid place to start. She knows the job. Oh, agree. Yeah. Um, and then there's a second, and then if you are a Suzanne Brockman reader or like have read these troubles, shooter books but like haven't read all of them there's a christmas novella called all through the night and jules and robin are getting married it's their wedding nice in that story but all the other couples are there it's like the perfect christmas novella because it's exactly what you want from a romance novelist like you want the christmas novella where all the other characters are just like hanging out and drinking cocoa in sweaters <laughs> i don't know if they're wearing sweaters or drinking cocoa but like metaphorically metaphorically and speaking. so <laughs> So there's that, but also while we're doing this, like, celebrities and their, and the the challenges of celebrity, I think we should talk about The View Was Exhausting. Yes. Um, which is, it's romantic fiction, for sure. Yeah, right. It's not, I don't think I would call it a romance novel, but um, it's by Michaela Clements and Anjuli Data. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, but this one is about a uh, A-list actress. And this sort of tackles, this really focuses on celebrity as a concept yes. to what you were saying, Jen, mm-hmm. um, early in early days. So basically there's this A-list actress. She's a Daisy actress and she is, you know, an American superstar. And every time she kind of has a dip in her, um, like the, perce- her public perception, um, they she summon they summon this like <laughs> car, this like guy this cele- sort of who's not a, not an actor he's just kind of like a famous person yeah right <laughs> right like he's wealthy and famous for being famous i guess and his uh, they summon leo in and she and leo like have this like romantic moment on like a red carpet or they like are specifically designed to be seen together and then like it boosts her it sort of like gives a jolt of of excitement to her like pers- public persona, and then he sort of like disappears again. And this happens over the course of, you know, years. Yeah, like they bring him in and out um, to like play the playbook to play her 
her partner. And so there's a big kind of like will they or won't they over the course of in the public eye with them. And so what we see here is this book really like tackles this question of like, what does it take to be a successful woman of color in the world, right? Like what Mm -hmm. does it take, it's in this particular world that is constantly focused on like behavior, you know, attraction, you know, physical image, like all the things you say, all the things you do, like the way that the world really like ties up women in Hollywood and particularly women of color in Hollywood. And I think it's such a clever romance. And it is really romantic. Like ultimately when these two like finally find their way to each other, it's really beautifully romantic. And, and I, I really loved this book. I, I just want to caution everybody. It's not, it doesn't have the feel of a romance novel. Yeah, I would agree. I think the the I don't know that there's a bunch more specific like romances I have to talk about, but I do want to shout out that there are I also really enjoy like sort of a mystery set in Los Angeles kind of, right? Like it, Oh yeah. Right? I feel like there's a really interesting like kind of I don't know, like little window into like a world where you get like sort of the the LA kind of noir thing, right? Mm. And maybe it's just because I love the movie LA Confidential so much, but um so good. you know, I just feel like there's a lot of really like it just like lends itself. And I think it's because there's like uh, you know, there's the Hollywood glitter and glamour, but like underneath it all is the you know, the sort of gritty like everything, you know, the I don't know, right? Like, what's underneath that is not glitzy and glamorous. So just as, like, a quick shout-out, a book I really liked, this is not a romance, it's really more of a mystery, it's called Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett, in which um, a woman named uh, Dana Anderson is essentially, like, a semi-famous, she had a couple good roles, like, black actress, and she just wants to, like, help her parents, I don't know, like, keep the house, and, you know, like, she doesn't have money anymore, like, she's not famous anymore, she was famous, I guess, or, you know, like, famous enough, and, Mm -hmm. but she witnesses a hit and run, and there's a reward for $15,000, and she's like, okay, well, maybe I should just pursue this like like it's 15 grand I, it doesn't matter and of course she ends up in like this investigation and it's uh the beginning of like a series i think by kelly garrett set in hollywood but i do really like the ancillary world of like hollywood murder yeah I mean, that's a great one. Also, I feel like the other, those, um, we haven't talked about historicals really at all. Right. Like you said, it's like a very different feel. But those Amanda Quick books that are set in the, in like silver, against silver screen would would also scratch this itch. Yes. Like there's usually a celebrity in the mix. Right, right. I also want to just flag, I've talked about it a thousand times on the podcast. uh, So I, you know. I just, but I have to say it again because it does suit, it does fit this is Kennedy Ryan's reel, um, where the heroine again is kind of a new actress. Uh, she was on, she was a theater actress who's now got her first like big break on the silver screen. And do we call it the silver screen? Probably not anymore, right? Because you knows? don't need silver to, to develop the film. I don't know. Long day. Uh, <laughs> sad. <laughs> um, anyway, she, she falls for like, a big name film director, Canon Holt. Um, and they are, it's a little bit, it's a forbidden romance because obviously like he's the director and she's the actress. Um, but it's, it's cut. What I love about this book so much is that it's the interstitial scenes that Kennedy has written that are, that are the script of this Hollywood, um, of this, I'm sorry, of this, Harlem Renaissance um, screenplay, this movie that they're in. It's a biopic. And so the in classic Kennedy fashion, this book is operating on multiple levels and it's really beautiful, but also it has that like sexy taboo kind of feel to it when it comes to these two people who probably shouldn't be together for professional reasons can't keep their minds or hands off of each other. Yeah, just a quick shout out to one of the Julie James books is Yes, Just the Sexiest Man Alive. Um features, I think she is in the 
assistant, you know, is a U.S. attorney in that office, and um, she's assigned to coach the like an actor who was recently the sexiest man alive for a role in an upcoming legal thriller. Ugh. So if you liked our Julie James episode, you could get the celebrity hit in one of those in one of the books in that series too. Imagine, imagine a Julie James heroine having to coach an actor <laughs> on being in the FBI. You can see you can see how that'll happen. Yeah. And you know what? This is also I know I've mentioned Heaven, Texas a million times. I mean, right? That's the obvious. That should have been right up front with Yeah. But I mean, again, it's like playing kind of playing at Hollywood, right? Like it's a real low budget film and um our you know, Bobby Tom Denton has convinced them to film it in his hometown. And Mm -hmm. Gracie Snow is kind of along for the ride. And that's Bobby Tom Bobby Tom. I love that fucking book so much. It's crazy. (laughs) So yeah, there's a lot of really fun ones. Did we forget any? I'm trying to. I'm like. Looking I mean, at lists. we forgot a bunch sure. of them. I'm sure. Right. But um, tell us. Look, here's what I'm looking for. This is the part where I get to ask. Right. I am looking for more of these like hot A-list dude, <laughs> like ordinary person <laughs> romances. If there is a photographer who takes a picture, I want that even more. <laughs> Please hit me up. Uh, you know how to find me on Instagram and on Twitter um, and here at FadedMates.net. Uh, also, oh, wait, I have another message for somebody out there. Kate, our listener Kate, sent me her copy of No Good Duke Goes Unpunished with a step back. And Instagram is terrible about keeping messages threaded and organized it doesn't at all and I can't find you Kate and (laughs) I need to be in touch with you so will you text me on Instagram so that I can say thank you again um yeah so there's my personal shout out to Kate but also thank you Kate you're amazing Thank you to Lumi Labs and Avon Books for sponsoring this week's show. You can find information about our sponsors in show notes. Uh, You can find us at FadedMates.net. You can find us on Instagram at FadedMatesPod, on Twitter at FadedMates, or all the time at our own handles, (laughs) which are Sarah McLean and Jen Reads Romance. Uh, we hope that you get to bang a celebrity this week, but if you can't, um, maybe just read one of these books. Yeah, you could just read one of these books. But if you did, let us know who. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) We totally keep that secret, everybody. (laughs) Just, we just share it with each other. That's it. That's it. Obviously. Have a great week, everyone. (laughs) 